Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of themartialist.net and philelmore.com. I am the aforementioned Phil Elmore, your host. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. We're doing something a little different today, and that is that we're live streaming this episode of the podcast. Um, I've been doing a lot of live streaming lately, and if you've been wondering where I've been, uh, I have been on the Surviving the News News and Commentary channel doing a nightly broadcast at 8 p.m. Eastern where I talk about a very niche topic. Uh, We're going to do more straight news commentary on that channel, but I got pulled into the universe of uh, commentary on a specific washed-up 90s and early 2000s radio personality, uh, which most of you will have no idea what I'm talking about, so I won't get into it here, but... If you are interested in what's been going on these last couple of weeks, head on over to Surviving the News and uh, you will see the nightly broadcast. It's live at 8 p.m. Eastern most weekdays. There are a few exceptions because life. But I have neglected this channel in that time while getting that up and running, getting that channel monetized and everything else. This channel is not monetized. Um, I have yet to decide if I'm going to bother trying to monetize it. I don't know. Um, no one knows to watch for a live stream here on The Martialist, so I'm really just live streaming this because that way I can quickly do the podcast and get the video up. So that's what I'm doing right now. Um, I don't, uh, I don't know if this is how we'll keep doing this. Uh, working a lot of things out, there's a lot of settings that need to be checked. Uh, I started this a couple of times, didn't have any audio, so... We're working on it. We're what's the what's the phrase they use in the industry? We're efforting. Um, so this podcast is about gatekeeping in self-defense. There's a whole lot of people who want to tell you whether you can uh, actually do self-defense or not. I have always believed that self-defense is for everyone. There are a whole lot of people who believe that self-defense is only for an elite cadre of people whose personal characteristics correspond to what the elitists have defined for it at any given moment. By that I mean that it's a shifting scale, and usually the people advocating for that kind of exclusion do not themselves meet the requirements that they are setting forth for other people. There was a comment that was put on this channel uh, on a different video, and I forget which video it was now, but I copied the comment specifically so that I would be able to read it to you. Uh, And the, the commenter said, If you don't even have the discipline to take care of your own health, then why on earth would anyone take your advice on real martial arts seriously when martial arts requires an insane amount of discipline in itself? Spoiler alert, it doesn't. Most martial arts are not self-defense. Self-defense is much quicker and more practical than that. Now, yes, you should be as fit as you can be, as you can manage to be, but let's say you're me and you walk out of the house right now, this is what you're working with. You have to be able to defend yourself. And saying, uh, three years from now, when I finally honed myself into the perfect weapon, that's when I'll be able to defend myself. That's not an acceptable answer. And what about all the people out there who are older or who have mobility challenges or are are otherwise infirm? I don't believe in just telling them all, you can go to hell. You don't get to defend yourself. What I wrote to the guy in the moment was, self-defense is for everyone. If you sneer at everyone who wants to protect themselves and tell them they can't do it unless they have, quote, insane amounts of discipline, you will never help anyone. 
This is unsurprisingly what that attitude typically accomplishes. It makes the people who hold it feel better about themselves, but doesn't actually help anyone outside their circle. And this fellow responded, you're right, self-defense is for everyone. There is also a massive difference between self-defense students and self-defense instructors. Portraying something you have very little to no real experience or solid credentials in is like the local chef teaching mechanics. If you actually be honest with question of what if the best weapon or martial art or we for self-defense, it's written like that, how would being stronger, faster, better, cardio and endurance not be one of the most sought after things? I mean, if I can run from the dinosaur and you can't, guess who's getting eaten? There's, there's a lot of mixed metaphor that's not working there. Uh, and what I wrote to him was, see, that's you not helping anybody. I bet it made you feel better for a few minutes, though. And that's what self-defense gatekeeping is. It's a lot of people trying very hard to convince you that they are better than you, that they are part of a club that you're not in, and that you don't get to belong to that club. And then in so doing, they preserve this feeling of what they think makes them feel special. You'll see that attitude often among mixed martial arts types. Not because there's anything wrong with mixed martial arts, but because the vast majority of people can't do it. The vast majority of people are not going to train in mixed martial arts. Most adults over the age of 35 to 40 are not going to go out and start training in jiu-jitsu. Because if they do, they're going to get hurt. Training in something that's going to incur multiple injuries for you is not sustainable for most people living their lives. So where does that leave you? It leaves you with having to work with practical methods for self-defense that can work for everybody. Now, yes... There's training you can do, there's techniques you can learn, there's stuff you can do to help hedge your bets, but the fact is there's no magical answer, and no matter how fit you are, no matter how tough you think you are, you're vulnerable too. All you have to do is Google uh, MMA fighter murdered or MMA fighter killed, and you'll find plenty of stories of guys who thought they were indestructible, who when they came up against a mere mortal with a screwdriver or a knife were just as mortal as the rest of us. That's not to take away from what those people have accomplished, but it is to say we have to take the mystique out of self-defense and understand that a lot of people are just engaged in gatekeeping. Uh, so no, it doesn't take, quote, insane amounts of discipline to defend yourself. You don't have to sit in a horse stance on top of a mountain for three years before you can begin to learn how to defend yourself. It's simply not that way. Um, it took me about, eh, the math is a little fuzzy, about seven years to earn my instructor level rank in the system that I eventually earned it in. Um, a friend of mine just today sent me a snippet of a forum that I was surprised even still exists where my name had come up. Apparently I'm back on the internet making claims, which was news to me because I don't think I ever left. Uh, but according to them, they contacted the son of my instructor uh, who and wanted to know if I held... Uh, instructor level certification or dan rank now this is not a japanese system so asking if you have dan rank is kind of silly uh but uh chad uh, my instructor's son was like yeah he trained here for a few years i don't remember what the time period was <laughs> which is exactly what i would expect him to say so for for uh reference i started training with my instructor around 2004 or so give or take because there was overlap i was training in a wing chun school at the time I got my black belt in 2009. I got my orange belt in 2011. That's the instructor level rank. I don't teach that system. 
and as far as I know, I don't have permission from my instructor to teach that system as a system, like the, the various um, forms that you would need to know in order to gain rank in that particular system, but I am qualified to teach the combative elements of the system, the actual, you know, self-defense. And it was never my intent to teach that system. I don't want to. So uh, from that, from that brief email, whoever it was that was posting this on that forum was like, see, Elmore has no rank and he only trained it. Like, okay, I I'm staring at my rank certificate right here. It's on the wall. I can see it from where I sit at my desk, but okay, <laughs> have fun with that. And that was a great example of self-defense gatekeeping. Ironically, I had, I had already planned this gatekeeping article or article podcast based on that comment. Uh, so this just dovetailed nicely. And it was actually the message I got from, from a friend of mine on Facebook who I guess was reading this old forum. Like, I don't know why anyone would subject themselves to that. I purposely don't do that. I don't go on like Reddit. I know there's sub for, there's apparently a sub forum just devoted to me now, but it has nothing to do with martial arts. It's uh, devoted to, my commentary in the Dabbleverse, which has has to do with stuttering John Melendez from the Howard Stern Show and this weird little community that I'm now a part of. So, you know, it's it's all very odd. But uh, I figured I since I've been doing so much live streaming, I would try to live stream the martial arts podcast so that I could get the video up as quickly as possible. After I get done doing this, I have to do my regular 8 p.m. surviving the news show. So we'll see how it goes. But to my point, there are five types of martial arts gatekeepers, and that's because I arbitrarily grouped them into five types. I'm sure you could come up with other types, but I divided them into five. Type number one are the you-gotta-be-a-semi-professional-athlete people. Those are the people who think you can't defend yourself if you walk in and they're like, oh no, you gotta go away and come back when you've lost 100 pounds. Uh, step one, become a semi-professional athlete, and then you'll be able to defend yourself. This is great for people who are capable of doing that, but they are a minority of people in our society. So when you say, well, you know, we do mixed martial arts here, and if you can't, you know, if you can't compete at that level, if you can't muscle through these techniques and incur multiple injuries in the course of your training, uh, you, you just can't do it. So self-defense is not for you. I believe that's horrible. I, I think that's a horrible way to treat the topic of self-defense. It's one of the reasons why I wrote this book. This book is called because I wanted the title to be as unwieldy as possible. People who carry tactical pens can't fight and other dumb things people say about self-defense. It's divided into multiple categories. One of those has to do with unarmed self-defense. And this idea that you have to be a semi-professional athlete to defend yourself is one of those dumb things about self-defense. So that book is available in paperback on Amazon in, and also on Kindle on Amazon. Uh, so feel free to avail yourself of it. I think you will find it useful. It's basically just a very long series of editorials about all the dumb things I could find about self-defense. Uh, I solicited from my Facebook group their opinions, people on my friends list, like, hey, what what's something stupid you've heard about self-defense? And then I compiled those, organized them loosely, and categorized them, and the, the book was the result. Category number two of people who gatekeep self-defense. You can't do a martial art I don't approve of, people. Believe it or not, there are people who believe that if you do a martial art that they don't like, you're a fraud. And this is a 
gross misinterpretation of the definition of what it means to be a fraud. When you defraud someone, you're deliberately trying to uh, pull the wool over their eyes. You're trying to fake them out, steal from them, lie to them. The fact that people disagree about what constitutes effective self-defense, when most self-defense is entirely theoretical, because almost all of you are not going out there and getting into fights with actual muggers and rapists. The fact that some people go, I, I disapprove of that, so that's not self-defense, is just arrogance. Now, yes, you could argue that, well, in my martial art, we, we physically test against resisting opponents, and in your martial art, you don't, therefore you are wrong. Well, again, it's a simulation, and I guarantee that the way you're conducting that simulation, you're not conducting it in the way it will happen in real life. So while you may have certain advantages, you may also have ingrained certain disadvantages. So when you get out there, don't come crying to me when it doesn't work out the way you were told it would. For example, you could be hell on wheels at some sort of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and you could have this guy locked up seven ways from Sunday, and he's, he's doomed, and you've got him in an armbar, and then his friends stab you and stomp you to death. Like, that's just real life. That's self-defense. In the last episode of the Martial Arts Podcast, we talked about the, the Ryan Carson murder. Like it or not, that's how real self-defense works. That's the type of situation you face in a real self-defense scenario. There's no disarming. There's no uh, arguing about ground fighting. There's none of that. There's a guy stabbing you to death because you talked to him. That's the reality of self-defense. And so I think we need to be training for those practical realities and not saying, you can't do self-defense because I don't approve of the system you do. So ignore those people who say, well, I, I disapprove of your martial art. Or that martial art is a fraud because I don't, I don't personally like it. Okay. Category number three, you can't use weapons or you're insecure or alternatively you're dangerous. These are people who believe that if you're a, if you're a real man... Or a real martial artist, and you're real secure in your abilities. You shouldn't need to use a weapon. And if you do train with weapons, that indicates that you're insecure in your fighting ability. And it's such hogwash. Weapons are force multipliers. They are tools that allow you to do more damage with less effort. A weapon enables you to face someone who is bigger and stronger, or lots of someone. So someone who is either bigger and stronger or more numerous. Only an arrogant fool would say, well, I can just train and be so secure in my fighting abilities that I can take anyone. No, you can't. There will always be somebody bigger and stronger. There will always be lots of people who get together and overwhelm you. It doesn't matter how good you think you are. Carrying a force multiplier or multiple force multipliers is the acknowledgement that you are not always going to be the best there is. It's just a practical, and it's a practical acknowledgement, but it also is the acknowledgement that your ego is not the issue here. And people who talk about, well, you're insecure in your fighting abilities, those are the people who are insecure. Those are the people who have their egos wrapped up in the concept of self-defense. People who are really concerned about going home and protecting themselves and protecting their families and not getting hurt, those people set their egos aside and go, I'm going to do whatever will best hedge my bets and protect me. They'll take every advantage they can, and it doesn't matter what you think about how secure they are. And if you're thinking in terms of security, in terms of your confidence in yourself, already you've got the wrong attitude. Category number four, you've got to have the secret knowledge. Also internet marketers. Category four, gatekeepers in self-defense. These are less offensive, but they're people who tell you that, well, the other self-defense out there, it's okay. But you have to have our 
self-defense secret. If you don't have our self-defense secret, why, you might not succeed. You might fail. So this is used, this is a technique used often by internet marketers. I should know I was one. I am one. Um, for many years, I worked for an internet marketer in the self-defense and uh, survival space. I know all the, the tricks of the trade. I saw a lot of them. I used a lot of them. I wrote, e at the height of my email marketing, I was writing emails for three email lists, uh, probably to a total of 300,000 people when you add them all up. Now, I didn't do that for real long, but uh, I have written, I, I was in control of an email list that went out to about 100,000 people for a long time. And I wrote those emails and I made those sales pitches and I relied on these types of tricks. You've got to have this or you're going to fail when it matters. That is gatekeeping. Now, it's relatively harmless gatekeeping. It's not telling you that self-defense is not for you. It's telling you self-defense is for you if you buy this, which is not as bad as just saying, yeah, you can't do it. It's telling you that if you have the money, you could do it. So I don't know. Is that worse? I don't think it is, but maybe some people would disagree. So remember that there are no secret, there's no secret knowledge. There's no, you can't buy your way to success. You have to think your way to success, plan your way to success, use tactics to be successful. That's what matters. And finally, category number five of gatekeepers in self-defense, you have to win a popularity contest. In other words, if you have any critics, eh, your self-defense is invalid. All you got to do is look on the internet. You'll find lots of people who do not like me. This does not invalidate what I'm saying. Critical analysis of what I'm saying might invalidate what I'm saying, or it might not. But just saying, well, uh, I can't take his advice because he's got a lot of critics. And there's lots of personalities like that. I can't think of a single martial arts or self-defense guy out there who's selling something or marketing something or teaching something who doesn't have critics. Even the really skillful and well-known people have critics. Um, I took a seminar with Dan Inosanto and I did not like it. Dan Inosanto is a legend in the martial arts, but Dan uses, there's a couple different approaches to seminars. One of them is to build iteratively, teach you A, then teach you A plus B, then teach you A plus B plus C, building on that in iterations. Inosanto takes the immersion approach. That immersion approach is uh, throw it all at you and see if you pick up any of it. I did not find that useful because I don't learn that way. I need it iteratively. I need to build. Uh, and so while training with Santo was cool and I get to say I trained with Dan Santo, it was exhausting. <laughs> so um, I took a seminar with my uh, instructor who has since retired to Florida as recently as like 2021. It was during that weird window in the pandemic where we had the vaccine and we thought we were invulnerable. And... So I, I went to that seminar and I remember there's one or two people wearing masks, but mostly we had given up on the masks. And I remember feeling like, oh, wow, I still remember this. I'm still good at it. It had been a few years since I'd stopped going to regular classes because uh, I used to go every week. And uh, sometime after I got my instructor level rank, I stopped going on a regular basis and then just started attending seminars and going to those, you know, whenever I felt like it. So it was good to, to find out that I still knew what I was doing and that I was still good at it. Um, and people need to understand that gatekeeping is meant to shake your faith in your ability. It's meant to tell you, oh, no, you can't. Uh, you have to do it my way, or if I don't approve, it's not for you. And so gatekeeping is arguably one of the most corrosive forces 
in self-defense because it's meant to demoralize you. It's meant to teach you, you can't do this. It's not for you. Get out. And I can't think of anything worse than to discourage people from being able to, to defend themselves because you want to feel special. You want to feel better than. And so you want to sweep everybody aside and say, oh, no, only if I say so. That's not how self-defense works. And I think uh, a lot of people have a lot of soul searching to do on the topic. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Martial Arts Podcast. It's a little bit of a shorter episode, mostly because I want to see how it works, how the live streaming works. And if it's, you know, as proof of concept, if it works out, we'll do more of it this way. Uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. And I will see you next time.